Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Dawson, I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Oh, listen to that. Do you know what? So what? Such indignation. Just Who's that aimed at? The listeners? The world? What? Just the world. Just chill out, right? Yeah. Big deal. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, well known as a child. Deal with it. Child, well known around West London as a child fence back in the 80s. <laughs> you got stolen goods, bring them to Nifty. Yeah, he's only a child, but he knows how to shift them. Right, and big deal. I think if you're the authorities and you're listening, then you'll find that if you look into the loopholes of the law, then once you're three decades on, you cannot be prosecuted for well- fencing. Plus, as well, you're a reformed character, aren't you? You know, yeah. you've admitted to what you did. You yeah. did your time. Well, you didn't do your time, but yeah. you've done your time inside your own mind. Yeah, exactly. And the, the trauma. All those villains who sent me, who who employed me because I could get through small gaps in windows and up drain pipes and stuff like that. They didn't treat me that well, you know. So no. it was actually quite a traumatic um, childhood to yeah, be you- to be London's top child criminal was not as fun as it sounds. <laughs> you were as much the victim as the victims themselves, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As the people I and, stole uh, from. Because you, you, I mean, you've you've become, you know, you've reformed. You're almost like Buster, Buster Edwards, was it? it was yeah, a flower Buster seller. Edwards. But unfortunately, um, he did kill himself as a result of the traumas well, he faced. Yeah, and then there was the, that other one who became a painter or something, or a writer. I can't remember well, his name now. Well, there was Bruce Reynolds. Who Bruce was like, Reynolds, I think, was him, yeah. Bruce Reynolds was my mate. Have I have I done the full Bruce Reynolds tales on oh, Top Flight Time Machine before? I, because I honestly can't remember there's a whole There's a whole episode in it. Bruce let's, Reynolds. Let's put it aside for when we're going to go on holiday. Okay, all right. But basically, suffice to say, you know how Chris Ryan's like my best mate? Yeah. Bruce Reynolds is dead. And that is the... But before he died... He was pretty much my best mate as well. Is, In fact, I, last... I suspect there was a bit of a rivalry between Ryan and uh, Reynolds. His final words were, to, were, Sam, you're pretty much my best mate. Just briefly, died. we we were we were mates, right? Because I did a thing with him. I did an, under, an underworld pub tour of London with right. him. It doesn't and, surprise me at all. And like the stories, it was a fucking amazing day. I was pretty young. I've got photos. Of, we, we hired a vintage 60s Jack. Hashtag men's magazines in the 90s. This is the sort of stuff that, as you know, Andy, just constantly oh, happened. All, all I ever wanted to do was just do a little podcast where we'd look back at the Premier League. Listen, right? 
I got this jag. I got this jag, and we drove all around London, right? At all these mm. different pubs. Oh, this was the pub where so and so stabbed so and so, or mm. blah blah blah. In the uh, arse. In the arse. He got a, a fame. It was it was the scene of the infamous Soho arse stabbing of 1964, <laughs> the arse massacre. <laughs> anyway, I won't tell you that, that a million things happened that day, and then we stayed in touch years afterwards. But the best thing about it was I was pretty young and I had this really vintage old, you know, the old gangster style jacks, the big ones. And mm. it was fucking, it was a proper vintage one. So it was really hard to drive because <laughs> if you haven't driven a 60s car before, which I hadn't, I learned to drive in the 90s, right? Yeah. It, they were a fucking hassle. I don't know why anyone bothered driving in those days. I mean, it was <laughs> it, to be honest, it was less exertion to run everywhere, right? <laughs> than to drive on these fucking cars. We're like, the clutch, it's like you've got to have fucking legs like Stuart Pierce to work it. The steering wheels, you've got to have arms like Popeye. It's a fucking nightmare. Anyway, I was driving this fucking thing around all day with him in the back, right? I was sort of like a chauffeur character. And the he called me up the next day. We had such a long day, it was exhausting. He called me up the day and go, hey, it's Bruce here. It's quite an old man, you know. I went, oh, hello, Bruce. I'm just calling to say, well done yesterday. And I thought, that's weird. Like, it's very rare that someone who you're interviewing calls you to say, well done, right? <laughs> he saw you driving the car. But he was a criminal <laughs> mastermind. And I went, oh, thanks. And then there was a pause and I went, what, what, what do you mean? What, for the interview or what? And he went, well, it's not just that, mate. It was a long day. And I know as well as you do now that driving them old Jags is not <laughs> easy. And he goes, and he goes like this. And well, you know, Nobody likes to look like a cunt, do they? <laughs> In my office, I was—I uh, just went, no, you're right, mate. And it had a big influence on me, that. It was like, first of all, it was very gentlemanly for him to call up a young lad like yeah. me and give me a pat on the back. But also that phrase, I think it's sort of, you know, the, the way that I see the world now, it's lived with me. Yeah. And then he just went, you know, no one likes to make a cunt of themselves, do they? <laughs> Which I took to mean that I had just about managed not to make a cunt out of myself which meant so much to me and and um cut a long story short i think i'll get that put on a t-shirt i was gonna say i'm gonna put the the upcoming face masks i reckon (laughs) nobody likes to look like a cunt no one likes to make a cunt out of themselves do they on the face mask that'd be fucking amazing (laughs) that would be amazing because it's so true well, it's so it true. is, yeah. It's and universal, this, isn't it? This man is the man who meticulously planned every last detail of the great train robbery, right? So yeah. he wasn't a mug, right? He yeah. was no fucking mug. He took me to the pubs where they planned it. And, it, you know, he knew what he was doing. And when he told me that, I've I've lived by it ever since. Not so. I haven't made a cunt out of myself before. Fuck me. But, but, but when you do, you kind of, you know, uh, you remember that, don't you? Yeah, and I honour it. As well, yeah, of course you do. I'm just trying to remember the name of that other criminal who, who turned into to became a writer. Oh, McVicker. McVicker, yeah, of course McVicker, that was it. Yeah, yeah, John McVicker. Them Geordies, they love a good. Geordies, they love a good arsehole. <laughs> I think I had dealings on the phone with McVicker, but um, but I never came face to face. I don't think. But he was. Oh, Jesus Christ! I think he's still alive, but he's quite tricky to deal with. Um, 
But yeah, the film with Roger Daltrey playing him is a fucking yeah. great film. If you haven't it seen is. McVicar, watch it, because it has got that line, them Geordies, they love a good arsehole. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It used to be a, a Tuesday night late 8EV regular, that one, didn't it, McVicker? It was like 11.40 on 8EV. Yeah, fucking hell. Brilliant God. film. Um, are you in optimum podcasting conditions today? Because we're, uh, oh, no, a we minor had a lot apology, of there's been a bit of noise coming in from your window. Hang on a minute, right? Let me make this clear, listeners. I will apologise to only two people in this world <laughs> about sound interference on this podcast. One is Andy Dawson, right? Because he's the poor cunt who's got to edit it, right? <laughs> and two, God, because he's the only other person I answer to, right? So all you fucking <laughs> Lampards going... Some people don't put the time code. Oh, eight minutes, 43 seconds in, there appears to be a jumbo jet flying over Sam's home. What the fuck are you doing? 747. If I'm not, if if I'm I'm not, not mistaken, mistaken I recognise that engine noise anywhere. You absolute cunt. And judging by the time, I've looked up the flight to the traffic, air traffic control, <laughs> and I believe it is a Qantas on its way back from Brisbane. <laughs> According to the records, listen, mate, no one gives a fuck, right? And it, it, either listen or don't listen. If it's going to fucking compromise your enjoyment, right, of our excellent content, right? Yeah, it is excellent, to, yeah. To that degree where you hear a fucking... You should be... That's, a, that's an added extra for free. Sound effects, mate. It's exciting to hear an aeroplane going over, especially in times like this where you think you might be trapped on this fucking horrible island for the rest of your life. Gives you a little bit of romance and fantasy. Oh, remember the days when I could fly off to somewhere where fucking, you know, Boris Johnson wasn't in charge of everything. Yeah, yeah, you're right, I suppose. Plus, as well, it's been hot. Well, warm, close. You're in a tight That's little bit of fresh wind- air, I suppose. That's why the windows were open. But I should, I've shut them today. Okay. But, um, but, yeah, that's why the windows were open. My wife is very much... I think most wives are like this. Um, and the cunt was all right in and tell, but they are obsessed with airflow <laughs> fucking airflow. airflow I don't know what it is but women are obsessed with airflow through a building I haven't had a wife for many years now but I, I, do I don't I don't do anything about this at all well I wouldn't be surprised if it played a part in what your marriage ending it because probably did looking back the, with hindsight yeah. the, the, the airflow issue is just so they're so militant about it it's got to go in it's got to go out as well and they right. go around, they, they open certain windows and they work out the way that the fucking air bends from one room to another. Can it not come in, go around and then out again? Yeah. Fucking well with me. Hey, turn around, do a fucking Yui, mate, and exactly. cock off. It's fucking air, isn't it? It could go anywhere. What are you doing? Just because you're air, don't think... Uh, just because you're fucking invisible doesn't mean I don't know you're in here, cunt. <laughs> I can see you. Yeah, well, I'm just airing about, and I? Your missus says she wanted it. Hey, leave my missus out of it, dickhead. You cheeky cunt. <laughs> well, what can I say? Your missus likes air, mate. <laughs> Maybe you should be trying a bit harder in the bedroom, lad. <laughs> then she wouldn't be so obsessed with me and my mates doing air, air flow. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck <laughs> uh, your ideas up, son. Yeah. Oh, what are you going to do, big man? Fucking clock us one. We'll think again. I'm fucking air. I won't feel a thing. I'm everywhere. You've a punch, haven't you? Fucking I'm useless. Fu- I'm fucking everywhere, it. you cunt. I'm behind you. I'm in front of you. I'm to the left and right. I'm up your fucking ass, mate. I'm inside I'm in- you. I'm up your fucking I'm- nose. 
I'm out fucking got inside your body. I'm in I'm your in lungs. Your, I'm in your guts. <laughs> ah, fucking air. <laughs> I'll be coming out your ass later on. <laughs> Fact, according to your missus, I come out your ass all night long in your fucking sleep. No wonder she's got the ump. <laughs> I'm everywhere, mate, bigger than God. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say about me. <laughs> now, to be honest, I've got a very good relationship with God. I mean, we have to work. We have to collaborate quite a lot, yeah. as you can imagine. He needs me, and I need him. <laughs> no, he's as good as gold. He don't, you know. Good he's lad. very much. He's hands off on the on the hole. <laughs> Except for when I kick up one of them fucking hurricanes, you know, <laughs> down in the fucking but, Caribbean. But the thing is, though, he signs them all off. Uh, so you know what I mean? Can't complain. Will it? When I start blowing roofs off and blowing fucking bridges over and cars start flying around in the air, I go, mate, you signed up for this. <laughs> and I hear people saying, where is our God? What kind of God would allow this? And I'm going, fucking this one. He did it. <laughs> when they say it, I laugh to myself. I do. I just chuckle to myself. I think if only they fucking knew. He was the, I've got the forms to fucking prove it. All oh, right, he, he didn't come up with the idea. I wrote up the presentation and he waved it through. <laughs> I admit sometimes I do things and I propose them and he signs them off without really looking at them because he's a busy man. So sometimes I get a few cheeky ones in, but, you know, he signs them all off. That's right. Really, on. in my opinion, he needs more support. And I, if I was him, if I was in his position, I would put more responsibility in the hands of Jesus but he doesn't like to he's a control freak and frankly I don't think he trusts Jesus that much right <laughs> he, he wanted to hand over a lot of responsibility to him but he's got him down as a bit of a fucking layabout right <laughs> so he has to everything has to go through him but he can't handle it <laughs> it's a bit like Rupert Murdoch and his kids I've been watching that on the telly <laughs> Your you know, succession. I don't think he them <laughs> playing games the old time Jesus like like Murdoch's or like Prince Charles he's thinking when do I get my fucking crack at this right when am I going to be in charge right but God he just seems to go on forever <laughs> I haven't said that mind you he's up at five in the morning and he goes for it he does a 5k first thing <laughs> before he even has his breakfast so you know for his he's age right a while for, I tell you what when I'm his age Right, I would. I wouldn't mind fucking looking like him because he's in, he keeps himself in good nick. I don't know what it is God eats. I don't know whether he's you know on one of them cavemen diets or what it is, but he's he's in good shape. <laughs> Best of luck, him. He's a good lad. <laughs> anyway, that's air. So John, air fucking around with me. Answer to some of your air queries that have been coming in. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where were we? Uh, do you want to have a look at the pr- the predictions league? Oh, very much so. Shame that there's no double points rule anymore because I got West Ham mm. bang on the nose, didn't I? You did. You did. It you said it was my turn. head rule, it, my heart rule in my head. Fucking no, knew it was it, good though, one mate. that. It was a, a pretty low key week. The rest of the week though, uh, that was, I believe, uh, yeah, that was the only points you got this week. Was that three points from West Ham really? versus Watford? Fuck. Yeah. So you yeah, got I, called, three I mean, I called both. Both set cap semi-finals wrong. Completely wrong, yeah. Well, we both did. Um, and um, so you got 
three for the weekend. I got two. Results spot got two as well, so not a lot of movement. It's uh, a shame, still... actually, the, what happened in the semi-finals. I didn't watch them because, fuck it, I couldn't be bothered. You? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would have rather have seen an, a Manchester Derby Cup final. Because yeah. Chelsea Arsenal, it's a bit boring. It was the Europa League final last year. I remember 2002, it was the Cup final. It's probably been Cup finals again. because, Like any decent man, I don't know what's happened in any Cup final since 1996. That one mm. where Cantona scored against Liverpool in the last minute. After that, was that game, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's memorable because it was a good goal and also mm-hmm. the Spice Boys wore their white suits. <laughs> I, I can go a bit further than that. I can remember Newcastle losing on two occasions, but I think that's... Yeah, that came just afterwards. Reasons. That yeah. came just after. They lost to United and Arsenal, didn't they? Yeah. But th- that was when... It, then it starts getting fuzzy to me, other well, than, well, of course, West, West Ham. West Ham Cup final. <laughs> yeah, well, West Ham in 2006... 2006 that, that, that was yeah I mean I was there but it, it's a very very painful memory that so I think about it quite a lot but I would like to think about it less but you know like between for me you probably go back a bit earlier in the 70s but for, for me between 1980 and 1996 I remember every game vividly because mm. it was su- such a big deal wasn't it of course it and, was yeah and then it just fizzled out and, you know, this way they have it on weird times of day. And it's mm. just, it's a real shame, actually, because it's like a massive footballing institution. Mm. And the idea that one day the World Cup, like any great football institution, our younger listeners, you probably have for your bored of hearing this from old men, but the FA Cup was so immense. It was such an immense thing. It was, yeah. who won the FA Cup when you were a kid was a bigger deal than who won the league in it your was, mind. Yeah. yeah. Because it was such a big showcase. And like, Something like, you wouldn't know. When I was a kid at primary school, I didn't really know the league champions were, but I fucking knew who won the FA Cup. That was the bragging rights, <laughs> right? I mean, right. when I was okay. a kid and there was a, quite a few Spurs fans in my school and they were strutting around because they won the Cup two years running. Yeah. They strutted around like they fucking owned the place, <clears throat> mate, because they won the FA Cup. Wow. Now, Pretty they win the did. FA Cup, no one gives a fuck, right? Yeah. Um. So, but it was so big. The idea that now it's so irrelevant almost mm. is sort of terrifying because if you think of the other big footballing institutions like the World Cup or the European Championships or, or the European competitions, the idea that that could happen to one of those seems absurd. But nothing's mm. absurd when you think what happened to the FA Cup because the FA Cup was bigger than anything. The FA Cup was bigger than the European Cup final. To people, to, to English football fans, it'd be a much bigger deal, wouldn't it? It's bigger than the Eurovision I, Song Contest, mate. I suspect, I don't remember, because <clears throat> when I first got very into football, we, we, we'd been banned from Europe, but I suspect that if an English team wasn't in the European Cup final, which was rare, but if, it, if, it, if we weren't in the European Cup final, certainly during the ban, it wasn't shown, was it? They never showed it on I telly. I can't remember. Not during remember. the ban. We were banned from like Probably 85 not, no. to about 89 or 1990. I think five it, years it, we were banned. I don't think they would have done because there wasn't Sky. Sky wouldn't have picked it up. It would have been, yeah. you know, ITV. So like Barcelona versus Stau Bucharest yeah. in like 1986 or something. They're not showing that on the box. You know, you might have no. read it in a tiny bit in the newspaper and probably not even in a tabloid, only in a broadsheet. Like the Guardian <laughs> would have reported on it. David yeah. Lacey in the Guardian. Saying, you know, <laughs> Terry Venables is Barcelona lost on pens to Stau Bucharest. Brian Glanville would have been allowed to write a, a two yeah. paragraphs about it. Yeah. 
There's um, speaking of the European Cup finals. There's um, there's some decent stuff been on ITV recently, which will still be on the ITV hub, and it's I think it's just called European Cup winners. And one of them was about Nottingham Forest, <gasps> and another one was about Liverpool. Oh, right. Um, and the third one is just like the others. So like <laughs> the Aston, other cunts. Aston it's called Villa. the other cunts. Aston Villa. Um, who else won it? Who else that was won it, it wasn't it? Villa, Forest, yeah, Villa and Liverpool won. Liverpool. I, don't know what's in, I don't know who's in the third one. I haven't watched the third one yet. Yeah, but, during uh, yeah. that era, people say it was always an English club that won it, but really it was just always Liverpool who won it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, Forest I mean, won it twice. Forest won it twice, then Villa won it, but all the other times it was Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool. Four times for Liverpool. And then, uh, and then they got banned. So yeah, that's good. That's an ITV hub. Something to do, isn't it? Um, Everton won the <coughs> Cup Winners' Cup, didn't they? they and did. I remember Spurs won the UEFA Cup. Didn't they? Didn't Aberdeen Anderlecht. win the UEFA Cup. Yes, they did under Alex Ferguson. And Dundee United maybe won the Cup Winners' Cup as well or something. That was when yeah, Scottish in, teams in were the really, 80s, really good. Aberdeen and Dundee United were like the fucking big two clubs for a while. Yeah, weren't yeah. They? I don't know what happened to Rangers and Celtic. Pissed? Not sure. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but it was weird that those two teams took over for a while. And then uh, I think it was only when Graham Souness turned up at Rangers, he sort of revived the whole old yeah. firm thing, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. Fucking maniac. With his, with his own brand of on-pitch violence. It, it was exactly like when Begbie in in Trainspotting <laughs> 2 is released from prison. That was exactly <laughs> like when Souness came back from Italy. <laughs> he returned to Scotland. He returned to Scotland, and do you remember in his like first game, he like fucking did the maddest tackle I've ever seen. You can't call it a it tackle. It's an assault. He, he, he stamps on the inside of some cunt's thigh, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, Madness. Oh, it's horrible. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. A documentary about that Rangers team would be something that I'd be really interested to see if it That's exists. The sort of Maybe thing it BT does. Sports should be doing, isn't it? Yeah, because I mean, he he bought. Like half the England squad, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, Butcher there was a Woods, huge English. Trevor Stephen. Yeah, Butcher Woods, Stephen, uh, Trevor Francis. Yeah, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Um, I think Gary <clears throat> Stevens ended up there, didn't he, as Probably. well? Probably. Yeah, Gary Stevens lot, and Trevor Stephen Ever- were never far apart, were they? No, a lot of Everton <laughs> players. I remember at one point they had Mark Walters, who was Ooh. a really good winger, wasn't he? Mark Played Hitley. a few times for England. Hatley, fucking hell. And they absolutely dominated, didn't they? They were they mm. were fucking good and really dirty, and there was loads of characters. Did Ray Wilkins play there for a little while? Yes, he did. He did, yes, yeah, he because did. Wilkins and Souness were mates from Italy. Yeah. Because I don't mean they, they didn't play together in Italy, but because they, they were both in Italy. So no. In Italy. Jalapeno. A piss and a snack, a piss and a snack, and then we'll be back. A piss and a snack. Jalapeño. If you like what you've been listening to on Top Flight Time Machine, why not consider heading over to patreon.com slash Machine, where you can subscribe. Uh, not only does your monthly subscription help support this podcast and keep it going, it also gives you access to a huge amount of extra exclusive content. Loads of extra episodes, yeah. You'll be getting an episode a day. And Pretty it costs much. less than a fiver, less than a pint. Whether a you month. like it or not, go to tftimemachine.com slash iron filings to find out more and get involved. There's t shirts and everything. I mean, for fuck's sake, what more do you want? Jalapeno. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Jalapeño. Ray Wilkins, another one of my best mates, right? He, he said he told me he went when he said uh, Graham was at Sampdoria, and he said I was at uh, he was at AC Milan. I think, yes, was Milan, it? yeah. They must have and just he, met up wherever the halfway point between Sampdoria yeah, and Milan was. Genoa and Milan, yeah. Hang out together. He said, you know, we used to hang around together, and because we'd known each other for years, and we got along. And they were both, the reason they were both successful in Italy is that they really both embraced the Italian lifestyle. So <laughs> Ray Wilkins, when I got to know him, which was years later, only ate in Italian <laughs> restaurants, drunk Wil- Italian red Wil- wine. Wilkins, cappuccino, soon as double espresso. Yeah. Double. <laughs> yeah, you, come, give me a triple fucking, es- what are those wee ones? What are the wee black ones? Yeah. Pull it right up though. <laughs> What's that? Espresso, yeah, one of them. But put three in a cup, a big fucking want, cup as well. I want one of those wee ones, put in a big cup. Yeah, in in this cup, I put me own. It's a Glasgow Rangers <laughs> mug. <laughs> right. And uh, and give us one of them fucking chocolate croissants as well. <laughs> fucking croissant with chocolate in it. Uh, yeah. that's, that's fucking tasty, that is. It's tasty as fuck, Will Cole. <laughs> Yeah, you're very, you're right, Graham. It, it's a tasty pastry. <laughs> Better than your fucking eggs and bacon, you back home. You can. <laughs> right. It's absolutely superb, Graham. Superb <laughs> breakfast. Really puts a spring in your step. Hey, it's been what are you fucking about with that fucking cappuccino? That's a fucking Bud's coffee. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter with you, Wilkins? No, but he said that, he goes, we'd go out for dinner and whatnot. And socialise, he said. And if we were going back to play for our respective international teams, we would often cross paths at the airport and on the aeroplane because we'd both be going back at the same weekend. He went, until, he said, it was the England-Scotland game, the yearly England-Scotland game. Yeah. He goes, at which point, so you'd fly back three days before the game to train. He goes, and I would turn up in the lounge at Milan Airport, as usual. Mm-hmm. As usual, I would see Graham. And whereas usually we'd meet up, we'd have a drink, we'd have something to eat and we'd get talk. He goes, if it was the England-Scotland game, I'd go, hello, Graham. And Graham would just stare straight through Fuck me. You. But look like simmering, like, if you say if you say hello to me once more, I'm going to fucking do you. He said, never fucking talk to him. Never, never talk to him the whole way there, the whole way back. 
But then after a couple of days, normal service would resume again. I love that. Oh, uh, hey, my man, how are you? I haven't seen you in a while. Well, I did actually see you at the airport two days ago. We, oh, I don't actually, remember that uh, at all. We were actually on the same pitch seven days ago yeah. at Wembley. Yeah, so... I love that. Yeah, Wilkins had loads of good Sooness stories. Uh, uh, anyway, we? I can't remember how we got onto that. Just that oh, Glasgow Rangers team. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I was just uh, saying that the, it would have been better, Man U, Man City. I don't think we've seen that in a cup final, have we? No, I can't. I've, and, we and have seen that in a cup final. We probably have in one of the ones that we've forgotten about in recent years. At this it exact moment, they seem more evenly matched than they have been in years. Mm. You know, I mean, obviously, I'd say City are the better side, but United looked a bit hopeless for a few years. Now they look like they've got the makings of a proper team. So it could have been a really yeah. good cup final. I love that they have gone a little bit schizophrenic again over the last couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah. Everyone's blaming it on tiredness, as if they're the only team that's allowed to be tired. Solskjaer's quite turning into a bit of an interesting character, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the way he talks. And I love the way that he's got... A, it's like a really lame feud with Lampard now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even noticed it. Yeah, they've got a bit of a feud. Lampard. Lampard said something that VAR favours Man U or something <laughs> right. like that. Something pathetic. Anyway, look, the main thing to say about Lampard is that he's fucking going to be wetting his knickers because Bielsa is fucking back. Bielsa's coming for him, isn't he? Yeah. I come for your Frankie boy. <laughs> Hello, Together again. now. You thought you could escape me when you got the Chelsea job. No, no. Here I come. <laughs> He's going to fucking be filing paper. This won't stand. I'll write, I'll write to the Football Association. We cannot have a criminal in the Premier League. It will sour the national game. Isn't there a fit and proper person's test that he has to pass before he's allowed to manage in the Premier League? Surely. Uh, this morning, I submitted... I submitted a... 4,000-page dossier to the headquarters of the of the Premier League. He had himself fo- photographed arriving with some with some barristers all in wigs and gowns. Standing outside, hold the dossier. And you know when they like have those sort of wheelie trolleys that removal men use, but with mm. filing cabinets on them. Yeah, and yeah. And there's a load of fucking workmen and barristers led by Frank Lampard in his best three-piece suit, right, to the Premier League. And it's a load of fucking dossiers all on... all yeah, on um, the crimes of Bielsa. Yeah, Bielsa. Leeds I United be surprised if, um, shall be forbidden to return to the Premier League unless they change their management entirely and with immediate effect. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's got fucking huge walls being fucking built around Cobham, Chelsea's Cobham training ground. <laughs> Trump style walls and a roof. <laughs> he's turned it into a compound. <laughs> he's also got marksmen to shoot down any drones. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Bielsa just quit Leeds just out of spite. That would be so funny. Hey, I yeah. go now. Bye bye. <laughs> I'm bored I, now. <laughs> I go now, Leeds. I wish you all the best. Hey, but Frankie, you don't even know where I'm gonna pop up next. Could be anywhere. I don't think you've seen the last of Bielsa. <laughs> knock, knock. Guess what, motherfucker? you got a new director of football. And it's me. I'm your boss, dickhead. Yeah, I speak to your boss man, Roman. He's a good guy. I go out on his yacht. We talk turkey. 
He liked me. He gave me job as the big man here. He can't come back no more because your government got their little knickers in a twist about him being criminal. Ha! No one gives a fuck about that. He sent me to do the dirty work. <laughs> what? The- I'll be on the phone to Mr. Abramovich immediately. This is a mistake. <laughs> Bielsa Imagine in the that. Premier League is going to be something else, though, isn't it? Fucking hell. It's going to be still, fucking amazing. Still with his translator, still refusing to acknowledge that he speaks fluent English. It's fucking great, great isn't it? I mean, I'm just delighted by the whole thing. Obviously, we've, on this podcast, followed Leeds closely, and I think we've got, um, as a result, we've got quite a few Leeds fans who listen. And, you know, congratulations mm. to all of them, because... You know, Leeds aren't a club that that are easy to like in some ways, but in other ways, so what? It's they're a team, they're a club that you want in the Premier League. I mean, yeah, I mean, if Leeds go up and Bournemouth go down, then you know that's kind of a that's good. Just as being done, isn't you, it? Want, yeah, you want Leeds, you want no Leeds in the Premier League. You want them there, don't you? You want them. Yeah. They've got good fans, a good ground, a great history, and now they've got a fucking sensational manager as well. And suddenly there's loads of brilliant derbies. I mean, the Leeds Man U derby, massive. You know, Leeds Chelsea is always a big game, isn't it? They've got animosity. Yeah. Uh, Leeds West Ham, you know, it's always a fucking great atmosphere, that game. Leeds support at, where, at Upton Park used to be one of the best best supports down there. So I think it's fucking, it's going to be great. I just hope that, I don't want to see, in a way, I don't want to see them in a uh, relegation battle. I don't know what their situation is and whether they're going to have money. But I'd like to see Bielsa do well. I wouldn't be surprised if they won the cunt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I got this. <laughs> what? <laughs> 32 wins, three draws, three defeats. Bang. Yeah, no fucking problem. Premier oh, League, easy. It's full of little <laughs> sissy boy men. Not like a championship, that's a man's league. Can I give you a little update quickly on the, the the doings at Sunderland? I don't know if you've been aware of what's been happening in the last few days. No, so. tell me what's happened. Well, the uh, the owner of the club, Stuart Donald, who, of course, all the fans have turned against last last few months, he had a little summit at the club with some of the fans groups, <laughs> and he proceeded. They, they said they could ask him anything. It was like one of those things on the internet, EMA, ask me anything. Ask me anything, cunts. So they asked him a few pertinent questions and he's just basically turned around and blamed the fans for his inability to sell the club because the fans' negativity means that nobody will come and invest in the Fuck club. Fuck you now, as if. No one gives so a it, shit about the fans anyway. I wish it were true that a prospective <clears throat> owner fucking paid any attention to what the attitude of the fans was. Yeah. But they don't. They, they look fuck only not. at the fucking mats and the only relevance of the fans is whether or not they fucking turn up, which they do. So that's the only thing they care. They don't care about their fucking opinions. It's like, listen, dickheads, if you're turning up and paying to get in, that's all that matters. Plus as well, this cunt was trying to sell the club 14 months ago when uh, we were in the playoff final and we'd had a, a good season and none of the fans were against him. So, you know, the fact that he can't sell it now has got fuck all to do with the fans. Uh, the other thing is that he uh, he wants £37 million for the club, which is what he says he paid for it. When in fact he borrowed twenty million out of the parachute payments to pay off the last fella, which he's now gradually putting that twenty million back in. He's only put in about sixteen and a half million of his own money in two years. But he's, what he says is he wants thirty seven million for it, and before a sale goes through, he's going to pay back in the rest of that money to take it up to a valuation of thirty seven million. What he could do is just sell it for sixteen and a half, which is all he's technically put in. 
But no, he's going to. So put he breaks the money. even. Well, yeah, he breaks but even if, either if way. I, yeah. if, if I was him, I wouldn't want to break even. I'd want to make a few quid. I think someone's put an offer in where he'll make about five hundred grand. He can't Fuck make that. any money on this. The, the fucking value of the clubs dropped because there's no parachute payments anymore. We've had two mm. seasons of parachute payments coming in. They've stopped now. So the valuation of the club has dropped drastically and he still wants what he paid for it two years ago. Yeah, so he's personally reduced the value of the club. So yeah. he can't ask to make money out of that. Yeah, he could exactly. ask to make money out of it if he'd increased the value of the club. Yeah, yeah, that's hasn't. true. That's so true. I mean, a- say what you like about West Ham's owners and I don't like them and I would hope that they'd be replaced. Although I'm not blind because West Ham's fans are all about, you know... Golden Sullivan out, they've mismanaged the club, all of which I agree with, but no one, it's almost like blindly, we just want them out. And you go, well, what do you want instead? And very often, no one thinks about that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Well, be and, careful what you wish and, for, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how many clubs? We, for years, we had this bloke, Terence Brown, in charge of West Ham, and Brown out was like a fucking staple phrase on T-shirts. So for years, it was just what people shouted. And it was mm. one of those ones that even when the results went bad, people would just shout Brown out because people get into the habit of just blindly blaming the owner as if the mm. owner has a magic wand that they're choosing not to use, right? And everyone wanted him out. And since then, we sold to some fucking iffy Icelandic biscuit billionaires. Oh, was that right? fella that looked like an alien, wasn't it? The little Icelandic yeah. fella. And they, he, he was actually just the front man. There was a guy behind him who was a sort of Icelandic banker, right? Right. And um, and his son, who was called Thor, right? And <laughs> anyway, All that went great. to They totally overstretched us and put... We, we had the highest wage bill in the fucking Premier League, so they just signed anyone for, like, double mm. them their wages. Then when, the, when it went tits up in 2008, this bloke lost all his money... And the club, so we had that followed by Golden Sullivan, who only managed to buy us because we were in such a vulnerable position as a result of the Icelandics. And this shit happens all the time, you know. People want their club; they want it, they want the club, and they don't really care. They just take against the current owner, and they don't care who the next owner is as long as it's not the current owner. I'm not saying that's the case with Sunderland, right? But I think sometimes it is the case with West Ham. You can end up like if you look at Liverpool. You know, they ended up with those, the previous American guys in charge, and yeah. it was a fucking car crash, wasn't it? Yeah. But when George the people Gillette first arrived, you think, oh, this is great. They've got all this money and all of that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we what had a billionaire really- before this. We had an American billionaire before this, and he was mental. So. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, you know. I don't think any. And people <clears throat> sort of dream of what everyone dreams of is that what happened to Chelsea and then Man City, right? Yeah, where yeah. someone comes in and it's just so insane that they kind of almost... I remember when Abramovich first arrived at Chelsea, he turned them into um, an elite club almost in the space of a few weeks. They went out and just started buying everyone, right? Mm. They bought all of these amazing players. Uh, I think it took them a year. I think Ranieri got one year and then he went and then Mourinho came in and won the league. And... But that really doesn't happen very often. And even when it does, how many Chelsea fans love Abramovich or love the way the club is now? The old Chelsea fans, most of them feel a bit iffy about it. City probably is the best example where it has actually been run quite well and the people in charge seem pretty benevolent and okay. Mm. But, you know... I mean, I don't don't want that. I I just want, you know, I just want... 
um, someone to come in and, run, and just run the club properly and just grow the club and get us back in the Premier League. And we'll finish 10th mm. each season. I'll take that. Yeah, oh yeah. You know what I mean? Especially cup runs, stuff like that. Just run it, run it well. So anyway, the, the, the owner has now resigned as chairman, even though there's no one else around. We've got a CEO who runs the club day to day. So that he's, he's resigned as chairman, even though he's not doing anything because he lives down south. So that means fuck all. And it's just absolute fucking shit show. But um, Mickey Gray's trying to take over. Is he Mickey really? Gray. Mickey Gray. Whoa, he's got, Mickey he's got Gray. A, a consortium that he's been putting together, apparently. And he's, he's in the frame. So, Jesus, like you say, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Man, why wouldn't you want old Mickey Gray in charge? It'd be a right laugh. Oh, I've just, I mean, you know, he's a subtle lad and all that, but mm. I've still got memories of seeing Mickey Gray in the street in the early hours of a Sunday morning. Pissed up. Pissed off his nut. What's interesting about Mickey Gray, though, right, is that people say these stories about, oh, yeah, Mickey Gray pissed up and all the rest of it, but he's so handsome, Andy. He's one of the most handsome men I've ever come into contact with. And also, not just that, he's in amazing shape. So yeah. I think Mickey Gray works hard and plays hard. Yeah, he'll go out and get on the beers or what have you and get yeah. battered. And because he's quite small, I think he's one of those guys who might get pissed quite easily. Right? I he is, yeah. But he must then, like, fucking run a marathon every day and do about two billion crunches or something because he's, yeah. um, he's got the six-pack and everything. Why, why and is who, a consortium? Who wouldn't want a man in that amazing shape in charge of their club? I mean, I saw David Sullivan on the box on Friday night watching the game and he just looked so sleazy. It was unbelievable. He's like this this little sleazy man, very out of shape. And I think, oh, no. But Mickey Gray, <laughs> if he was my club chairman, I would want him to sit up in the stands watching, watching us, but with no top on because yeah. it was intimidate the opposition. Yeah, yeah. This is the bare minimum of what you need to achieve physically in order It'd to be like this football this. club. I own this club. Look, 0.5% body fat. <laughs> <laughs> he's not involved financially, though, Mickey. He's just like, he's like, a, I don't know what the word is. Yeah, front man. He, he pulls he's, it all together. That's like what well, Tony Cotty's tried to do that with West Ham. If you're like a bit right. of a, a club legend and you use your insight and knowledge of the club, plus your connections, because these guys usually know all the rich supporters because they mm. get wined and dined by them, so they're in a good position to do it. Cotty came quite close once, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he tried it again one day. Because Cotty loves West Ham so much, it's almost unbelievable. I mean, I love West Ham, but yeah. sometimes you meet people and you think, oh, mate, this is a bit over the top. And that's what Tony Cotty's like with West yeah, Ham. It burns within him. It burns <laughs> within him so hard that I almost feel bad for him sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, come on, it's pussy like an illness. I like West Ham too, but there's more to life, you know? <laughs> no, that's <no>, not sad. <laughs> right, let's do the predictions before we go. Yeah, uh, midweek games could be important. Uh, Sheffield United versus Everton. Shall I go first? Yeah, one uh, 0 Sheffield United. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> that's what you were going to do? Yeah, I was going to do that. I'm going to say two 0 All right, okay. Shit or bust. Mm. Uh, Brighton versus Newcastle. Mm. 1-0. I think that's going to be 2-1 to Brighton. Uh, Watford versus Manchester. <laughs> Watford? Oh, what's going on at Fucking Watford? Hell. We haven't got time to go into it, but fuck me. 
Mad. We will we will investigate the dealings at Watford later in the week uh, with a special focus on Nigel Pearson, <laughs> who is what? a great loss to the Premier League because yeah. the idea of Pearson and Bielsa in the Premier yeah. League next season. Let's just hope Pearson gets hired elsewhere. Uh, Watford versus Man City. I'm going to go one nil Watford. <laughs> Um, I'm afraid I think that will be Watford nil City 4 Oof Aston Villa versus Arsenal Villa need a win here Aston Villa versus Arsenal mm, I just they do need a win but I think it'll be alright fuck it I think it'll be 2-1 Villa wow I think it'll be 2-0 to Arsenal Finally, Sam, Manchester United versus West Ham. Uh, I think this is going to be... Actually, you go first. I think it's you to go first. (laughs) Okay. I know what I'm going to say. 3-0 Manchester United. I think it'll be 2-0. Oof. I mean, you're safe, aren't you? We're safe now. I mean, Friday night was immense. I mean, it was like such a big game. I'd been low-key shitting it all week. I had a whole week, which is rare now since lockdown. You don't have to wait a whole week usually mm. for a game, but it was practice. I think it was six days, and I was re- it was so nervous because yeah, did you curry, did you? Yeah, because Bournemouth and City, Bournemouth and Villa had both won unexpectedly. It meant that this the pressure on the Watford game, and, and Watford were right in it too. And I thought, I thought we've been playing really well since since the last few games, and I thought we're better than Watford, but the pressure's so high. Probably benefited us, not not the fans being there, because it meant there wasn't so much tension in the stadium. But, uh, yeah, my mate came round, and Len got to stay up specially because it was such an important game. <laughs> Adna Curry, watch Casino Royale. Yeah. I'd even had the nap that you said I should have because it was like Did toy day. Well? <clears throat> it went It went well. I had a 40-minute nap, so that sort of energised me for the evening. And then... When, I mean, we were 3-0 up in about fucking half an hour and it was just the sense of relief was immense because you're just like, that's it, we're up. Half an hour into the game, we're up. Because it's almost <laughs> mathematically impossible now. I mean, it's not completely impossible, but it would involve the other teams winning by ludicrous margins in both their quite difficult games. So it was just fucking sensational. And I actually, I mean, we haven't got time to go into it, but I actually think that David Moyes has done a very good job, mate. I know you won't agree with that, but he's done a very good I know, job. I, I have opinions about David Moyes, but um, yeah, mm. maybe for another time. All Sunderland right, fans have the same opinions about yeah. David Moyes, so I respect that. But Fair enough. That's mm-hmm. the predictions done there. Uh, we'll be back with more shit during the, throughout the week. Uh, take it easy. Until next Just time. Rest. Yeah, and put Keep a mask on your dickhead. Yeah, fuck's sake. Thank you. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.